Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan Stephanie and Jordan Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to help us to navigate, to see clearly, to find peace in the midst of this, wow, storm of a culture, storm in the church, storm everywhere, personal lives. And I'm so grateful, you know, and this could sound uh, self-aggrandizing, maybe, but I don't think it is. I'm so grateful for to Jordan to just saying, "Dad, you got to read this book." Dad, you got to read this book, uh, "Uniformity with God's Will" by Liguri, and then just being prompted to, you know, read it and go, "Okay, this is tough for a modern audience. How do I help?" It needs to be a book. It needs to be longer. It can't disappear in the shelves. It's too important. And uh, we're people are really responding to it. So I'm grateful to you, and I'm grateful, uh, and that's which why Jordan's joining us on the show. We always enjoy having him either way, but he's the one who really read it, probably memorized it, and then said, "We got to, we got to get this out there." So, um, God be praised. So today, we're we're uh, we're in um, uniformity in all things. We're just walking through major themes in the book. We're on page twenty nine. Um, where uh, uh, St. Alphonsus talks about the afflictions of Job. Mm -hmm. And Job, of course, uh, what's funny enough, Job was the first book of the Bible that I read seriously. And it had a huge impact on me then because the sovereignty of God is just the theme of the sovereignty of God is just so profound there. But um, there's a messenger comes to Job and says that, uh, the Sabaeans, which are enemies of, you know, like an en- enemy tribe, had plundered all of his goods, which means stolen everything he had, and killed his and killed his children. And Job's response is is profound. And I'm not saying if you don't have this, you're a loser. This, there's no condemnation. This is just God. God decides to tell us Job's response. So God's not, you know. He's not he's not absent in mercy in this. He's just saying, this is a rightly ordered heart. And, and Job's response is, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Um, and, and, and he only, um, uh, he only, yeah, okay, this is the whole, I'll, I'll read the whole section here. It, it's really brief. The Lord give, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. He didn't say the Lord has given me my children in my possessions, and the Sabaeans have taken them away. He said, the Lord, he said, he realized that adversity had come upon him by the will of God. Therefore, he added, as it has pleased the Lord, so it is done. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We must not, therefore, consider the afflictions that come upon us as happening by chance or solely from the malice of men. We should be convinced that what happens happens by the will of God. So, I mean, we know of a story as it sense in a micro like job in our yeah, own life crazy um, beautiful yeah. woman dion brown we went down to see her in clearwater florida maybe you could pick it up from there and tell that story because we were both just blown away by it yeah sure so she's we wanted to connect with her she's a foundress of a 
community and mm-hmm. of a spiritual direction school. Marian Servants of Divine Providence. Yeah, down in Clearwater, folks. Florida. They're doing great work down there. Friends of ours. And um, so we went with uh, Dion for a little tour of everything, the grounds, and then out to uh, where her house is. She took us on a tour of the little peninsula. And the house is right in front of the ocean, like yeah. literally right in front of the ocean. There's boats all around. Yeah, yeah. And she um, she let us know that her son had been killed in a, a um, jet, ski. Uh, jet ski accident right in front of the house. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I was just crushed in the back of the car as she said it. Just my heart was just immediately like broken. And I said, oh, oh, no. I said that that's so you know terrible, and I'm so sorry. And um, you know you don't even have a, a you don't even have words at that point when somebody expresses that to you. And she goes, "Oh," she said, "No, no." She said, "I need to explain something to you." She said, "If I had the power to bring him back, I wouldn't." And that was we're we're both so we're first we're sort of blown away by the that kind of level of suffering. Then we're just sitting in our seat back in her seat going wow what what did, what did what? you just say right and then she went on to explain to us that it was by the loss of her son that her conversion came yeah which then led to everything else the starting of the, the beautiful ministry this and... incredible ministry that the loss of her son she said without it I would not be who I am today. And, and meaning she'd be in hell. She'd right. be way, you know, it and was many other conversion. people would be too. Right, right. Yeah. And and so now that's faith. Right. That's a woman who truly understands because so many people can see these situations that happen, Job-like situations where where everything is lost. And and you could you could wrongly assume well or or understandably abs, uh, assume well. God's a god of, of cruelty, you know, of cruelty, and he's and sleeping or he's napping, whatever. Or... And it's just not the case. He uses all circumstance for good for those who love him. For those who and love who him. are called according to his purpose is what Romans twelve right, right, says. Right, yeah. and we all have the freedom in that moment to either choose bitterness and hardness of heart and and death, or choose life and turn to the Lord and surrender to Him and say. I, I don't get this and I'm dying inside, well, but I choose you. It's so contrary to what the world tells us, how we should respond to right. hardships and, you know, people flounder. And again, understandably so we're not degrading anybody in, in saying that, but you know, the world basically says, Oh, you're suffering. God must not be there or you're suffering. You know, this is terrible. Everything is terrible. And there are objectively horrific circumstances that occur that we've all experienced in one way or another. But the key is recognizing how God is moving and working through that. And that's where the peace comes in. Right. Otherwise, I mean, you mentioned people you know, suffering in hell, you know, yeah. well, because of it. Well, we all know because of the work we do, one of the one of the doorways for the demonic is wounds. Mm-hmm. Right. So people experience these things. Unforgiveness, bitterness, unforgiveness, contrast. I become my wound. And, right. You know, so it's hardness of heart. It's it's so important to, yeah. to understand this. And yeah. now and so just to be really clear. When she lost her son, she was she devastated. probably cried for six months. Oh yeah, yeah. but or more. Th- the issue yeah. is, is though, where where did that lead her? Right, where and it led her into the heart of God, into a reality that it transcended all of the pain and suffering of this life, because the suffering pointed her to the solution. 
she said yes to the solution. You know, it just occurred to me. So my closest sibling is my was my sister Linda. Hmm. Uh, didn't expect that, but I was just thinking about her untimely death. And the reason we were close, she was my stepsister. But she wasn't my stepsister. She was my sister, you know. I, the step thing doesn't, I don't have that thing, you know. If God puts you in my orbit, and, you know, you're my sister, you're my sister. So we, we, we became close because she, um, I scared the hell out of her because I was trying to figure out faith. And she stayed with me when I was in school in Phoenix. And I would talk about hell with her. And I wasn't trying to scare her, but it affected her. And she was living a wayward life and, you know, that sort of thing. And she became a devout uh, Christian, evangelical Christian, as did I shortly thereafter. And so that's why we we had this deeper this deeper bond. She started to take care of orphan kids. Um, a, a few of them were, lived in a dump nearby where they lived, and they had contracted some kind of really strange disease. And she, and then she caught it, and her lungs stopped working, and she died at thirty five. She died really quickly, like within overnight. Yeah, yeah she was healthy, and then I uh, got a call. She went to the hospital. Next day, I got a call that she was dead. It was just really brutal like just brutal and uh but i just it just struck me that my dad my dad died just a few years ago but it was but the first when i finally was able to share the gospel because he converted essentially on his deathbed not exactly but but a few weeks before and the the thing that got through to him and woke him up that the holy spirit gave to me when i went when I was prompted to share the gospel again with him was, I want you to see Linda again right. when you die. That suffering right. brought forward in time right. led to the conversion of your dad. Right. Because when yeah. he heard that, when he's laying in the hospital bed, his eyes got as big as saucers and he went, what are you talking about? He what connected to that pain right. that he had probably never processed. Right. Because he never told her he loved her during right. life, and he loved her like crazy. Yeah. He just was not mature that way. But yeah, that's the point. We we often don't understand when we're in these deep storms what God is doing, what God did there. Linda was fine with the Lord. I mean, I'm not saying she didn't. I pray for her every day with purgatory. I don't know, but she was baptized. She was, you know the church does teach that invincible ignorance and these other factors, you know, the thief on the cross who never was baptized. So that's my hope for her. Um, so I believe she's okay, at least on the way or there, um, not because of Catholic teaching, but in the end, um, my dad, I don't think would have been awake to the gospel. Cause then I shared with him, you know, dad, you're a good man, but you can't, that doesn't solve the problem of sin. That's why Jesus can't, you know, but it was the saying that, that just his whole face lit up and he was ready to hear the gospel again. Right. And in, in a powerful way, but you just never would connect those events. You don't know. Well, that's an important thing to know too. We're not saying that people can't, can't be sorrowful. Yeah. We're not saying that you just have to accept it with no sorrow and you have to be some sort of you know, no, that's emotionless inhumane. stoic. Right. Right. Yeah. But that sorrow rightly ordered is what brings about the goodness of God. Because right. you're saying, I am in pain, but I'm entrusting this to you because I know that you have a bigger plan. So right. I don't want anyone listening to this thinking, Well, I can't I can't experience emotion. No, God gave you those emotions for a reason. Right. But they have to be rightly ordered and they have to be put in this particular. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. Well when we get back from the break, we're gonna keep talking through these 
incredibly powerful but difficult teachings that will help us to navigate through the storms of life and really to rise above them. That's the key so that we can be a beacon even in the midst of our despair, even in the midst of our suffering. We can be a beacon of light to say, you know what, I'm hurting, this is difficult, we're together, let's go, let's follow the Lord. We'll be right back. Hey you, yeah, you listening, are you enjoying this podcast? If yes, we invite you to come and join us at the Avila Army. It's getting darker and darker out there as the forces of evil try to silence the truth of Jesus Christ, but we can be the light. The Avila Army is our battalion of friends and followers here at Avila, actively deployed in the war for souls through our monthly support of our mission. As a thank you for your contribution, you'll have exclusive access to the Army community, where we do monthly webinars just for you. Small groups, updates and sneak peeks. Oh, and if you ever wanted to take a class at the Avila Institute but can't commit, giving at the St. Gabriel level, you can have access to all of the classes of the school spiritual formation recordings on demand. So you can listen while you do the dishes, go for a walk, or even while you sleep. We start our week off by wrapping all of your intentions, as well as the needs of the Avila Foundation and Our Lady's Mantle by praying the contemplative rosary together. What a beautiful way to start your week off bright and early on Monday mornings. So come and join us today because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Sign up at avila-army.org. We're so grateful for you. Thanks so much. God bless you. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose, and to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father, so there's something there. So I, I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by, by St. Alphonsus Liguori, bridges that gap. And he explains, as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth, of virtue, of, hey, your legs are weak. You're like a newborn deer. You can't stand on your own. We need to get you to stand on your own. You know, those sorts of things. Even, even desolation. You know, the day-to-day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. Those things are all permitted for a greater good, whatever that might be. Check out the brand new updated version of Uniformity with God's Will titled Finding Peace in the Storm with Commentary by Dan Burke. Dan, Stephanie, and Jordan Burke, welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. So happy to have Jordan on today talking about Finding Peace Through the Storm, which is my latest book from Sophia Institute Press. You can find it out at spiritualdirection.com forward slash um, or just shop. All of my books are out there. Uh, so talking about Job, talking about the loss of a child, these difficult things, there's there's this, uh, Liguri kind of sums up the set, this, this uh, section. He says, we must not therefore consider the afflictions that come upon us as happening by chance or solely from the malice of men. We should be convinced that what happens happens by the will of God because when we're convinced of that, we ask the most important question, which yeah. is, what are you doing? Where are you heading? How do I follow you? Yeah. You know, and when you and when you answer those questions, that's how you find peace, even 
and I mean simultaneously with all the suffering, all of the visceral effects of tragedy. And the pain, yeah. And, it, and it, you find purpose in it and direction. Right, well then, I guess the question would be, why would God, because I think this is important, why would God permit these things to happen? Yeah. And I know that we'll get into this a little bit later, but to touch on it now. Feel free, yeah. Well, do you want to answer either? No, go ahead. Answer? Go ahead. So, <laughs> basically, why would God permit these things to happen? Ligori is saying that all these horrible, painful things, a doctor of the church, yeah, church doctrine is saying that everything happen, that happens is either willed or permitted by God. Yeah. So does that mean then, this is somebody out who's listening to this, that God is allowing these evil things to happen? Well, it doesn't, again, we'll get into this. It doesn't mean that God wants these things to happen. Right. That's a different question. Right. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. not a cruel, evil God. Right. This, the, the terrible things that happen often, you know, at the hands of others, that's sin. Right. And, and I think it really comes down to, you know, is our love free? Right. Because this freedom of the will is our love free. Do we choose to love him? Because if, if, if we doesn't li- allow complete freedom, then that means then we are forced to love him and forced to which isn't him. love. It actually doesn't which it isn't can't. love. That's right. not and you can't authentic. receive it that way. No. So it has to be completely free or not free at all. There is no middle ground. And, and so, I mean, he's given us guardian angels to guide us. He's given us the doctrine of the church. He's given us the sacraments. He's showered ways for us to follow him and to find consolation and, and healing and, and restoration peace. and peace in him, but we have to choose it in the end. Right. And there are plenty of folks who don't, you know, it's just. And so then the easy answer is also with all of that, God is not willing this evil to occur. Right. Right. He's permitting it. And, right. And the cases and the instances that we're talking about. Yeah. So if we believe that, because that's what scripture says very clearly. Yeah. If we have to believe that, which I believe is one of the first steps. Yeah. The second step is then to say, going into this, all right, Lord, your will be done. What are you trying to do? Right. And in every one of these instances, there's something moving in the background. God yeah. is taking something evil that he did not will and using it for a better good. Right. And right. we have to believe that. Right. And, and, again, then, and then we, that gets us to the next question. Exactly. How do I join you? Right. How do I, how do I live in this reality? How do, do I participate? What do I do with this pain? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, yeah. So. Well, I mean, even this morning, yeah. if I can use the example of this morning, you know, I, wives know things yeah. about their husbands. And, and you've been on, I don't know how many months of, of prednisone, which really wrecks you, wrecks your, your ability to sleep and everything. And, you know, you're suffering and I can feel your suffering. And, and, you know, you, humanly speaking, you start to worry, you start to speculate, how long is this going to go in? Am I going to find, you know, relief here? And, and there was just a moment where I said, just live in the moment, yeah. just live right here, offer it up. Yeah. Just a gentle reminder. I know you know those things, yeah. but sometimes we can do it together. And I prayed for you so that you could just come, kind of just get right back, yeah. right in the center of your being with the Lord and just do the next right thing. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it is a, it is a, it is a big trial for me in the sense that I'm stable on a, a micro level and declining on a macro level that's just what's happening so i'm not i'm it's managed but i i require some kind of intervention that's significant so i'm heading into that but the the point being it is for a reason it and i know it's for my humbling Mm -hmm. i know that i know it's to tell me 
you are not like the master of your universe. You Slow are, down. Make sure you're praying. Make sure, you know, and I also know I'm supposed to offer it up. You know, we just had 500, we passed the 500 men we prepared for seminary. You know, uh, what a glorious thing. All of that requires funding. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, offering it up for that, offering it up for Jordan's future life. You know, so it's, it's God's giving me this, this, this trial that turns into a gift that I can give to others because of the unique ability to join my sufferings with the sufferings of Christ. All right, let's uh, shift. Right. So I want to talk about this monk, this awesome monk that uh, Liguri gives us a great example about this guy who's, um, he, his, his external religious observance is described as the same as all of the other monks in the monastery, right? But if somebody touches one of his garments or some something that he's worn, they get healed. And the abbot's going, what is going on with this? What monk? are you doing? Yeah. What are How you do- are you praying? What are you doing that's different than the rest of are us? Are you drinking holy water? <laughs> right. Are you putting right? holy salt on your food? Yeah. yeah. What do you, it's, yeah. it's kind of a funny question. Like, it is. What are you doing different than the rest of us that you're so holy? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, that just tells you the level of how profound the miracle was. Yeah. That the abbot noticed it and was thinking, What's okay, up? something's, this, so, we're not talking about something small. We're talking about something big. Yeah, yeah. So, so he says, marveling at the, these deeds, since his life was no more exemplary than the lives of the other monks, the superior asked him, you know, what was the cause, and his, and and his reply was mystifying to the superior. And so the superior says, "What devotions do you practice?" The abbot, uh, the abbot says, "I mean," and he said, "There's nothing different than the rest of the guys." Um, but he says, however, um. Can I, yes. Oh, yeah. Can I read it? Yeah, quote? yeah, do that, please. Okay. So he says, prosperity does not lift me up, nor adversity cast me down, added the monk. I direct all my prayers to the end that God's will may be done fully in me and by me. So he said, you know, I'm not doing anything extraordinary. I'm doing my duties. I, I'm completing my promises. So he's obedient. Right. He's he's persevering. Right. All so the foundational that, spiritual practices right, right. are there, so, which is what we've been talking about as necessary for this kind of peace. I mean, just that alone yeah, is big. extraordinary. No, that's big. You know, so yeah. that is going to create a type of peace that is beyond all understanding because right. there's enormous grace in the way he was living. He's living his duties and his life, his rule of life as it should be done every right. day. So I want to play the abbot on this next part. So I this is I guarantee this is what happened. So the abbot probably sits back and goes, "This is what he said." I mean, it's recorded here, but I could just see him sitting back in his chair, with his eyebrow up or his, you know, going, "Okay, then let me just talk to you about this recent situation." He says, "The raid uh, that our enemies made against the monastery the other day, in which our stores were plundered, so all of their supplies were t- stolen, and our granaries were put to the torch, so that all their granaries were burned, which means." The struct, no the struct, no ability to produce food because right. the structures were burned. Right. So it's a pretty heinous act. Cattle are driven off. So you don't have milk. You don't have meat. Um, didn't this misfortune cause you any resentment? Question mark. Replied the abbot, and you can. Go. And he says, "No, father. On the contrary, I return thanks to God, as is my custom in such circumstances. Fully persuaded that God does all things." or permits all that happens for his glory and for our greater good. Thus, I'm always at peace, no matter what happens. That's uniformity with God's will. 
that's like, you know, the Lord has taken, the Lord has given, he has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And let's just talk about this peace thing for a minute. Uh, Dom Chatard in uh, Soul of the Apostle speaks of this idea that the, which is a great classic of, on the prayer and the spiritual life. The first thing that a spiritual director needs to do for a directee when they're struggling is get them to a place of peace. Because when you allow the circumstances, and again, it's hard, I, we get that. But when you allow the circumstances to rattle you and take you out of that realm of peace, in a sense, you're taken out of the presence of God in a practical sense. I'm not saying in a real sense. God doesn't leave you. If you're not sinning mortally, you're there. He's there, you know. But what it when you're in peace, you can hear his voice, you can know his presence, and you can fulfill his will. You can become an instrument of peace to him and to others when you allow the moment uh the circumstances to wreck that peace and i want to say this back to dion's example or things that we're struggling dealing with or what i'm dealing with right now i can be in distress i'm in distress right now physically in terms yeah. of breathing but i'm at peace yeah. so you can be in distress and at peace at the same time those can coexist yeah yeah, and and I think you know what what really comes to mind is you know I have a, a, a number of directees and I, I think about what rattles them and I was thinking about even myself because you know we have plenty of family members that are in one form of distress or dis-ease of some sort and I love them and I want them to be okay and so if I'm not careful what I can let happen is my thoughts can end up kind of twisting around those cir circumstances in worry or regret or what do I need to do? What do I need to say? How do I help or whatever? And, and so when I do that, when my mind goes in those, in those places, either by, either by temptation or my own human weakness, what happens is I step out of the present moment right. and, and then I'm unable to pray for them. And I noted it in prayer this morning my mind was going off. I'm sitting there. My body's at peace. Somebody walks by and they're going to think I'm just like, you know, uh, you know, in the third heaven or whatever in my prayer. But my mind went someplace else. And I thought, I'm not with you, Lord. Yeah. I'm not with you in my thoughts. And I brought my thoughts back and concentrated on my prayers at hand in front, putting my mind and heart in his presence and just saying, I love you and I trust you in this. And I just gave them those situations and went back to prayer. And that's where the Lord can work. That's where his grace can just really multiply and actually help in yeah. this situation. Right? Amen. With yeah. that, you got to close this out because we're out okay. of time. So until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.